1: After 9 Podcast Studios. This this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott
2: and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now, how was your Valentine's Day?
1: Good, like any other day. Yourself?
2: It was eventful. Holy shit. Well, you freaked me out because you had it in my head for some reason that she was going to go all out for Valentine's Day. And she was nice about it, but I thought I got to really raise my game without spending a lot of money here. So what I did was I cooked steak a totally different way, did the whole thing in the oven. It was incredible. So, so good. If you're going to cook a rib steak, do it that way, sear it first and then put it in the oven yeah, for 50. That's
1: very hello fresh of you.
2: It was uh, needed. I mean, I did miss some of the barbecue flavor, but I certainly did like it in the oven as well. Good. I I did heart-shaped ravioli. Like, holy cow, Oh,
1: cute. Wait a minute. You had ravioli and steak? Yeah. Sweet. Jesus. That's a lot.
2: Well, there's got to be a carb on the plate, and vegetables, and charcuterie, and there was... uh, two sets of flowers, and the whole nine yards.
1: Wow. Wow. I really did freak you out. I didn't mean to freak you out that much. That's a lot, but I'm sure she appreciated it.
2: I think she did. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm pretty sure, actually, she did. In hindsight, I think she did enjoy that. Uh, So it was a good Valentine's Day. You did most of your stuff on Sunday, and whether it was Valentine's Day or the fact that it's going to be warm tomorrow... People are in a good mood today.
1: I think so too.
2: I don't know if y'all got laid last night or if you're just optimistic that the restrictions are ending or that the yeah. sun is out or yeah. what it is, but Kat, there's a good vibe
1: in the air. Yeah, I think it's a mixed bag of everything you just said. I think it's just a mixed bag of looking forward, right? Look, Let's look forward. We can see past this hump of winter too, right? I feel like this time of year. It's good.
2: I am absolutely amazed at the time we find ourselves in. Justin Trudeau came out yesterday and invoked the Emergencies Act. That has never been done before. We'll come back to that. But it's overshadowing a lot of other stuff. On any other day, Doug Ford announcing the end of Vax passports and the end of restrictions on businesses would have been the story for an entire day, maybe two, maybe even three days straight. It would have been the newsmaking event. And it got completely overshadowed. U.S. intelligence officials say Russia is going to invade Ukraine tomorrow. Completely overshadowed. Mm -hmm. We're not talking about it. It's insane how much oxygen this protest in Ottawa is sucking up. And that brings us back to yesterday. The prime minister came out and made what I thought was a very stunning announcement. Listen to this.
3: Legal blockades that have been disrupting the lives of too many Canadians. Here in our capital city, families and small businesses have been enduring illegal obstruction of their neighborhoods. Occupying streets, harassing people, breaking the law, this is not a peaceful protest. At the borders in different parts of the country, the blockades are harming our economy and endangering public safety. Critical supply chains have been disrupted This is hurting workers who rely on these jobs to feed their families. Yesterday, the Ambassador Bridge was reopened between Windsor and Detroit. Our team and I have been working with Ontario and the city of Windsor around the clock. I want to thank the officers on the ground, including the RCMP who played an active role. We now have a responsibility to make sure that the bridge stays open. With each illegal blockade, local law enforcement agencies have been acting to keep the peace within their jurisdiction. Despite their best efforts, it is now clear that there are serious challenges to law enforcement's ability to effectively enforce the law. On Friday, Ontario invoked a state of emergency to respond to the blockades. This was the responsible and necessary thing to do. Today to continue building on these efforts, the federal government is ready to use more tools at its disposal to get the situation fully under control. After discussing with cabinet and caucus, after consultation with premiers from all provinces and territories. After speaking with opposition leaders, the federal government has invoked the Emergencies Act to supplement provincial and territorial capacity to address the blockades and occupations.
2: We have never heard a prime minister do that. It's uh, this in itself. Should be a massive story, but there's so many different things going on. And you factor in the Olympics and all the other stuff, and it's not getting a lot of attention. But I can tell you the Canadian Civil Liberties Association is losing their minds. Invoking the Emergencies Act is a very serious thing. That gives the government the right to do things that they don't normally do. They can put different orders in effect, and they say it's going to be time limited. These are going to be time limited only here as long as they're necessary. Like the COVID restrictions, Mm -hmm. those were time limited and only while they were necessary.
1: So how much of a heads up do people get? So let's say we know that they've done this, they've evoked it. So let's say they come up with some kind of a law, a temporary, they say law. How much time do they give people? Like they give notice, right? I would think they're going
2: going to tell people. So the way it works is the government can enact the Emergencies Act or they can invoke it. Then for seven days, the order will be in place, but they have to go to parliament to get approval. And I don't know, I mean, if you're a member of the federal NDP, how many times are you going to allow Jagmeet Singh to support Justin Trudeau without getting getting anything for it? Because Singh has already come out and said, this is a failure of leadership. Trudeau has completely shit the bed. He screwed the whole thing up. He was an absent leader. He lambasted him and then said he'll support it. It's crazy to me. Mm. And then the federal conservatives seem to be leaning towards they're not going to support it. There's a number of premiers in Canada that have said, if you're going to do it, fine. We don't actually have to sign off on this, but we don't want it in our province. Alberta said no. Manitoba said no. Saskatchewan said no. Ontario said yes. Doug's all for it. I was kind of surprised at that, too. I mean, it's
1: mainly happening in this province. Well, mainly, I know that there are uh, things happening in other provinces, but I mean, what's happening in Ontario is really making most of the headline news.
2: Well, you know, it just seems like a very avoidable thing. And even Justin himself said, obviously, he was very well briefed on the impact of enacting this. He said, this is not a first resort. This is not even a second resort. It's not even a third resort. This is a last option to invoke the Emergencies Act. But he did it. And to me, I'm wondering, and so is the Canadian Civil Liberties Association. Did you really try everything? Because Doug came out on Friday, and this is to Doug's credit. He came out on Friday, declared a state of emergency, sent the the police in. The bridge was open on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That was a zero fucking around. Let's get it done kind of effort. And if they can go in and clear the blockade at the bridge as quickly and efficiently and as peacefully as they did. Why wouldn't they do that in Ottawa? This is the prime minister who has taunted these people refused to meet with them, has thrown up every obstacle he can. He's tried to freeze their bank accounts. And this uh, Emergencies Act, by the way, does give the federal government and banks the power to seize assets and to freeze accounts, things that don't normally happen in, in regular times. So he's gone after them in every way possible, but he won't meet with them, which they say could end this. He won't even consider the mandates. Yesterday, there was a bill put in front of parliament And all it did was call on Justin Trudeau by the end of the month to lay out the plan, not even to lift the mandates and lift the restrictions, just to tell Canadians what the plan is. They would have until the end of the month to do it. The Liberals said no. They voted against that very reasonable request. Hmm. It is reasonable to ask what's going to happen now, especially when the provinces are dropping restrictions. We like
1: dates. We like the dates. We don't mind. We know that stuff changed in the beginning, but I feel like we can actually act upon those dates that were given now. So sure.
2: Well, it's all political. And I don't understand why we're at a place in 2022 where the prime minister can't say Yeah, you know what? You're the opposition, but you're right in this case. Enough time has gone by. We've seen enough provinces blow out their restrictions. And I'm not saying we're going to blow out ours, but we're at least going to lay out the roadmap to getting rid of them all. He won't even do that because he doesn't want to give up power. And when it comes to the truckers, he really looks weak. He looks very, very helpless in this whole situation. You've got Doug there showing leadership and saying, here's what we're going to do. Get out of there because the police are coming. And they did. And they cleared the bridge. I really don't understand why with just a little bit of coordination between Ottawa police, the OPP and the RCMP, mm-hmm. they can't get this under control. We're talking about people in a fucking bouncy castle and sitting in a hot tub on Wellington Street. Tell me that's not a national emergency that some guys having a soak in the middle of the road.
1: <laughs> Which is funny. It's <laughs> also part personal. I mean, those, a lot of those people have, I mean, his life has been threatened. There's nobody down there that doesn't want to say fuck you to him. Right. You know, so it's part personal, too. I don't think he wants to seem like he's caving.
2: You know, it just seems like he could probably score some more points by ending this. And he himself could end this. And nobody wants that more than the people of Ottawa. Nobody does. It's amazing now that he has somehow wiggled himself into a position where he's the first prime minister to use the Emergencies Act. It's been there since 1988. Nobody has ever used it except for Justin, and it was over the guys with the clown masks on, waving the flags and honking the horns downtown Ottawa. And I'm not trying to downplay what's going on. From what I hear, and I didn't see any of this, but from what I hear, uh, some of them are harassing people in Ottawa mm-hmm. that are walking the streets. We've heard all kinds of horror of stories.
1: Course. Yeah, and that, that's the thing. is, there's, There is a lot to it. I've heard some horror stories, too, that would make me want to say, okay, fuck this. you know? Wh- and And it could just be a few people ruining it for those who actually just want to sit down and have a conversation, but they're ruining it. You know?
2: Well, I just don't understand. I mean, they've got a lot of cops available there in Ottawa. You would think at some point they would have gone in and said, You've got 12 hours to pack up and leave. If you don't pack up in 12 hours, this is going to happen, that's going to happen, that's going to happen, and this is going to happen. I don't understand why that ultimatum still hasn't been given. And if it was, why didn't they follow through on it? How did we get to a place where the federal government can suspend some civil liberties? Over these people that are protesting outside Parliament Hill, this seems like such an easy thing to end, so that I we can know. all move on.
1: It's, it's getting dangerous, though, too. I mean, we had weapons seized. There's a truck that went. Now, I'm not saying it's related, but there's a truck filled with weapons that went missing in Scarborough, Peterborough, or oh, sorry, Peterborough. Thank you.
2: The other borough. You know,
1: like the, the other, the other borough, <laughs> Ontario's other
2: borough, <laughs> the
1: Pete. You know, th- that kind of shit scares me. Yeah. That kind of shit scares them. I'm sure, oh, of course, it scares them more than anybody. So doing the most you possibly can, if that means that you go right to plan, you know, the the plan you didn't want to have to do, but you did, I trust that they're doing the right thing. I know. Fuck me, right? Maybe, maybe that's the best thing. I don't know. I couldn't tell you because I'm not there. I'm not there and I don't know what they know. So I'm just going to trust that that's the best for based on what they know, that we certainly don't.
2: I just don't understand why we haven't uh, cleaned this up yet. I mean, if this is if the emergencies act, they said was intended to... Protect critical infrastructure such as borders and airports from blockades. Nearest I can tell, in Ontario anyway, the border one is done. They've done a good job at closing that protest down. So far, yeah. And keeping them away from the bridge. Uh, On the weekend, I know that some of the trucks were circling around the Ottawa airport just to slow people down there. Okay, all right. I don't think that's happening on the daily, but I guess this allows them to stop that. People in Ottawa have been asking since the day after this started, where are the cops? And frankly, I don't know what to tell you, but they've been offered every resource that we have available in Ontario and federally, and this is still going on. So I don't know, are they setting Trudeau up here? I, I'm really not sure. It, it's bizarre to me that it came to this after three weeks, the Emergencies Act has been invoked federally and the uh, new Democrats are going to support the Liberals, so it likely will pass. Uh, in case you're wondering, let's balance this out and give you both sides. You heard a bit from the Prime Minister saying why it was important. The opposition leader, interim, is Candace Bergen, and she came out and addressed it yesterday in a fairly fair way. Listen.
0: Conservatives want to see uh, an end to the blockades, we want to see them ended peacefully and quickly. Uh, and in a way that Canadians feel that they've been listened to, heard, and respected by their Prime Minister. We are concerned that the actions of the Prime Minister will not have that effect and in fact will have the opposite effect. Today the Prime Minister announced that he will be uh, in- invoking the Emergencies Act. We have to take a look at what he's proposing and the rationale and Conservatives will discuss it and uh, make a determination in terms of whether we will support it or not. At first blush, we are very concerned with what we see. First and foremost, if you look across the country, provinces are not in agreement with what the Prime Minister is proposing. He uh, has uh, said he has consulted, but there, there really is not collaboration or agreement. Alberta is opposed to it, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and Quebec. He's not off to a good start on that. Secondly, we have seen the Prime Minister continually wedge, divide, and stigmatize Canadians who he doesn't agree with. And by doing so, he creates uh, so many barriers in, in terms of trying to solve this problem. The Prime Minister had an opportunity to talk and to listen to people who he disagreed with, and he refused to do so. And so this looks like a ham-fisted approach that, as I said, will have the opposite effect. Conservatives today offered a reasonable solution that would at least bring down the temperature. We asked the House of Commons to vote on our motion, which asked the government to provide a plan in terms of ending the lockdown. So we wanted just the plan in place by the end of this month. Not unreasonable, not an extreme ask, considering provinces are doing it and other jurisdictions are doing it as well. So there is concern with the Prime Minister's uh, typical way of dealing with people he disagrees with, uh, and this measure uh, does not alleviate those concerns that we have. But again, we're going to take a look at the legislation, we're going to take a look at the rationale and make our decision. Conservatives. Uh,
2: that's reasonable. I, I, I think that's good. Don't, you don't have to come out and condemn it just because it came from the prime minister's mouth. Look at it. But yeah, I'm, I'm, that seems fairly measured. She's doing a really good job. Uh, we didn't really get all the details yesterday when we were carrying Doug's news conference live about the reopening plan for Ontario, mm-hmm. but some of it has... I'm looking at the different groups that are coming out opposed to this. The Ontario Federation of Labor says the Ford government's decision to end restrictions by March 1st is premature and it will hurt frontline workers and the public. The president of the OFL says Ford is once again ditching public health measures in the name of politics rather than public safety. The NDP is calling for the vaccine certificate program to remain in place to protect seniors at high risk of severe illness and children that are still too young to be vaccinated. Hang on to that children thought for just a sec because a coalition of children's hospitals is urging the government to exercise caution in lifting COVID measures in schools. The group notes that many children remain unvaccinated, including those under five who are not yet eligible. (laughs) Did, did something change? Did COVID become more dangerous for kids? Because I thought nothing had changed. It still uh, attacks children far, 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 far less than it would even a regular adult, let alone a senior.
1: Yeah. Is it the spread? Is that it? Like the spread is one thing to me, but the danger aspect, I mean, you're right. No, I, to answer your question, unless I missed something. Uh, no, the, the danger doesn't seem to have gotten any, any worse um in in children i understand though the spread and the spread can happen very rapidly quickly one kid catches it next thing you know half the class is out right but
2: like it's been happening with colds and flus for generations
1: absolutely i mean i tend to agree with that i i I tend to say let it be you know I I, don't go mask off. I'm not ready for that yet. I know there are some parents listening that completely disagree with me that think just let them take their masks off. Just let kids be kids. That's fine. I don't know if I'm like if I'd feel fully comfortable with it, but I would probably just let it happen anyway, because colds, flus, you know, like to me, it was already like you said, it was already happening, especially especially this time of year it was ripping through classrooms like crazy and families. Do
2: you know that in Halton schools, they still keep the kids cohorted in their little zones outside in the playground? Yeah. Like when they go outside, they still have to follow the the rules yeah. as if they're inside. I just don't understand why some of these these public health units are imposing rules like that that are really not good for kids. You
1: know, and protecting seniors is one thing. I don't know specifically what they mean by that. Do they mean at retirement homes and long-term care? Or are they talking just generally to protect our seniors, keep them in place? No,
2: Andrea Horvath wants Vax passports to remain fully in effect as they are now yeah. to protect seniors. Yeah, I, Andrea, walk me through your logic there because it doesn't make sense anymore. No. Like you're just you sound stupid when you say stuff like that. I, Everybody knows the reality of what's going on.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think it's up to each center. I don't know I think it's going to be tough if you run a center, a long-term care facility for example, what your next move is. Do you keep them in place? Do you not bother with them but do you you'll continue screening people at the door. I have no doubt in my mind. But visits, visit, what's that going to look like? I mean, I think that's going to be each facility their own. They're kind of going to be on their own after these. Mind you, you didn't have to have a passport to come in and visit somebody. Is that correct? I believe you did were, have to have you, two shots. You did have to. God, that's tough, man. I, I just, I, I feel for anyone who who runs a center like that because it's going to be a difficult little while to adjust to what you're going to do next. And and if you make those some of those choices, the family members of those who are in your care could be pissed. Pissed enough to leave, and that's fine, and that's their choice. Anyone can can choose to move some, their, their loved one somewhere else. But I'm sure it's not going to be without several fights.
2: The top doctor for Niagara. This guy's been controversial throughout the whole pandemic. Dr. Mustafa Hirji says he's disappointed that the province's sped-up reopening plan doesn't leave more time to properly assess the impact of loosening restrictions. Listen, Hirji, we've been doing this shit for two years, Open up, close down. Open up, close down. And I know there's some people who would like to think that if we just went real hard on it once, we wouldn't have to keep doing that. You know what? If we just opened up the first time, we wouldn't have to keep doing that either. You know, to to take all this time to stop and assess and reevaluate. And you know we don't have the testing that we used to have for some reason. Apparently, we only did like 11,000 tests yesterday. Really? That's like May 2020 type numbers. It's bad. Really bad. Not a lot of tests at all. I don't know what you expect to assess here, but the assessment is very simple. Closed, closed, closing soon, liquidation sale, stop the shit, enough's enough. People are ready to move on. And those who aren't ready to move on, no one is going to drag you to a restaurant or to winners. Yep. You, you st- go if you want to go. And if you don't want to go, if you don't feel safe, don't go at all.
1: You stay in your comfort level. I, I got a DM from someone after our conversation yesterday regarding mandates and they were, they were pissed about the masks, but they said, you know what? I started going without masks and nobody bugs me anymore. I said, really? Okay, cause I, and, and I just really wanted to know answers because I have mentioned on here before, and it's true, I, I go out places and I see people without masks. I went to a store and the people working at the store did not wear masks. They didn't care anymore, I could tell, but they didn't care if I wore them. They didn't care if someone else didn't wear them. They don't care. So... I just asked simply like how has that been for you? Do people give you looks or and she said sometimes, sometimes people give me looks, but I stick you know, I think if respectfully, if you remain respectful and stick to yourself, don't go too close to someone else. And by the way, I would have said that pre-COVID. Stick to your own bubble, don't go too close to someone, don't be a, a close talker to the person that working at the store. I don't care. No matter what I would have said that. I'm okay with it. Like yeah. I don't care. For me personally, I've been wearing it and I'll continue to wear it but all the way through cold and flu season, at least even if they lift the mandates, let's say tomorrow they lifted them. I'm still wearing mine to Walmart and the grocery store and a few other places where I'm a little less comfy, but if I see someone out unmasked, as long as they're not being crazy unruly, I don't give a shit. Fine. I don't care. Yeah. I still shopped in that store where that guy wasn't wearing his mask. I didn't even ask questions. I don't care. Well, I mean, this
2: is the problem, right? I mean, not giving an end date for the masks and I'm still with you. I, I'm about the same. I'm going to continue wearing a mask in settings where i feel that i'm at risk but people are deciding yeah you know what doug you don't need to give out the date we'll just tell you it's going to be now and people have stopped wearing their masks and this is a problem well i shouldn't even say it's a problem because i also tend to agree with the the train of thought that uh Uh, you do what's best for you and what's best for me right now is to wear that mask in an area where I'm uncomfortable and if it's best for you to not wear a mask who am I to tell you what to do I guess is the best way to Mm -hmm. look at it but even with the vax passports Doug says we're getting rid of them because they're not working but we're not getting rid of them till the end of the month some people are quite right to point out if they don't work why are they in effect now why are you waiting until the end of the month why would you drag this out for two more weeks it's silly. Mm-hmm. That's what many people are saying. Others are saying this is our final two weeks of peace and freedom because the sixth wave is coming.
1: Uh, isn't it amazing how it's like one or the other? Yeah. It really is.
2: It all depends on your ideology and I guess what news sources you follow and what editorials you read. Uh, one thing that we did not get from Doug's announcement yesterday, it was in the fine print, is that the Vax passports aren't completely going away. They're going to be optional. Right. Meaning a restaurant can still ask you for proof of vaccination and they can set their policy and they can say, you must be fully vaxxed to come in here. Well, that is going to be interesting. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to see in the end, how many restaurants are going to be mandatory vax? How many restaurants are going to promote? Hey, you can come here to Johnny's Diner because we're a vax only place. Yeah, really? I wonder if you're if, if any business is going to make that choice.
1: Yes. Um, well, I can tell you, I was chatting with someone uh, this morning who commented on my Facebook post. Um, it means businesses can still ask for it. And I confirmed. Yes. She said, yeah, because I called Great Wolf Lodge. I was so excited. Finally, I'm going to be able to take my family there. And they said, Nope. Nope. back's passport still in effect for us. So, yeah, there's some businesses that are going to make that choice. But I think that, that sh- that's their choice to make. Uh, if they're still in effect, if you want them to be, I mean, you had a right before this to choose who comes to your business or who doesn't.
2: No shirt, no shoes, you no know, service. Like you
1: really do. So yeah, okay, give your business to someone else then because for every you know place where they're not going to let you, there's going to be another place that will allow you to enter or dine or whatever the case is. There's going to be chains. I'm waiting to hear from, like, the big chains. I'm curious about that one. Like, what about these big food chains um, that own multiple restaurants, like your Harvey's, Montana's, Kelsey's, whatever, the the chains that own multiple restaurants? Will they say? Because, you know, if they make one, they're going to make others. I I don't know. I I don't know because mom and pop shops are one thing, absolutely. But chains of restaurants and chains of um, kids' activities, for example, that's another one. Uh, Like uh, Bingaman's close by, right, where they were made – to each their own. They're going to be able to select. But that means as a customer, you can say, okay, then I'll take my money elsewhere. That's going to be how it's going to happen. That's going to be how it is.
2: That's exactly what's going to happen. And you're going to get people that are going to, either the restaurants are going to have to put it like right in their Google ad, we're a Vax only restaurant or no passport required, or they could promote it. And you know what? Maybe for some, this is an opportunity. Hey, we only let Vax people in here. And if you're Vax, this is the safest place for you. Or some people are just going to say we're following the science. And the science comes from Ontario's chief medical officer of health, Dr. Moore. It comes from Dr. Tam. They've both said it. Well, Tam said it was time to reassess all COVID measures. Dr. Moore said we don't need vax passports. He said that was just one layer of protection. But the other layers are probably much more effective. Wearing the masks, distancing, all that sort of shit. So hey, I mean, if Doctor Moore's okay with it, I don't know why the the head of Kelsey's or Montana's or someone else would turn around and say no, no, you have to have one. I, I don't understand why that would happen, but maybe they see a business opportunity in there. And okay. I'm certainly not going to begrudge anybody running their business the way they want to run it as exactly. long as they're doing it legally.
1: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash specialoffer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash specialoffer. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and... 6-1 6 1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new bumble now.
2: Cap the day after Valentine's Day is National Singles Awareness Day, or SAD, if you want the acronym. <laughs> that's a joke. This goes back 20 years, though. So according to U.S. Census it's seasonal Bureau... seasonal
1: affective disorder, too, right? <laughs> it's, it's terrible. Why? Okay, go ahead.
2: According to U.S. Census Bureau data, Detroit has more singles than any other city. 71% of the people who live there are single. Followed by Cleveland, they've got 69%. So there's some cities out there that are predominantly single. Is today a party day if you're in a single city? Is today a day where, you know what? We're going to go out and let her rip. Let's fucking go.
1: I don't know how many people take that and actually run with it. I mean, I wouldn't be the type to do it. But I did see a lot of like Valentine's Day celebrations and things like that. So for those people, Absolutely. I just find it funny that it's awareness day today. Like, you weren't aware yesterday when everyone was, like, Instagramming photos of loved ones and very shit like aware. that. I feel like it, it made me... I'm in a relationship, and I was very aware of everyone else's <laughs> relationship yesterday. Um, but, hey, you get half-priced chocolate and all that kind of shit today. So enjoy that.
2: Is it possible that the reason there's so many single people is not because they haven't met the right person? It's because they're still wondering about the one that got away.
1: Uh, that could be part of it. You know, I think that's a very, it's a complex question and it would be a complex answer. Cause I think that m- maybe is it, I think more people focus on themselves too. I have a couple of girlfriends still single, mid thirties, still single really, because they focused on themselves. They really say they focused on themselves. I have like one of my girlfriends who's, who's single. She's such a catch. I always tell her this. I'm like, holy shit. Are you, but she's not interested. I don't think she does as much like online dating. She's like a CFO for like a major financial company. Like she's fucking hustles and she's like that's all I really that's all she's really focused on you know what I mean and if she finds someone she finds someone I think more people tend to be tend to be that way as well and are changing like no I'm self-sufficient I can do this on my own if I happen to find someone cool but they don't put the pressure on themselves so I think it's like a mixed bag there might be other people who really do want that person but it just keeps it just doesn't work out for them
2: no interest in sex or how does she get it she's hook up every now and again or
1: I'm not disclosing any further information. But You know, she's though, fine. Don't you? She's fine. She's doing okay. She's fine. Yeah,
2: she's got a little uh, booty call that she can make every now and again. <laughs> <laughs> 43% of singles say they have an ex that they'd get back together with, quote, in a heartbeat. Oh, wow. 52% of men and 36% of women. <gasps>
1: Does it go into detail of how many people are available of that group? Like, it'd be, it's one thing to say, hey, the one that got away, but they're married now with kids. Or they're, they moved across the country, so that's the reason why. What's, the, what's stopping them from attempting to get back with that person if they do it in a heartbeat?
2: Probably the other person's dislike of them.
1: <laughs> like, is that, is that is as simple as that?
2: I tend to think so. Like,
1: you liked me, you dug me, I did not, I broke up with you, it's over, get over it, right?
2: Pretty much. In another poll, two in three people, are still holding on to something that their ex gave them. And more than 40% have multiple items from a previous relationship. Do
1: you wonder what's out there? Do you uh, wonder what's out there of yours from previous relationships? Because I do sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> like, what did you I keep? I mean, did I know there's keep? some
2: hoodies. <laughs> I used to have a great collection.
1: Yeah, I take all the hoodies for sure. Like, I, I that's that's a girl thing. I think that that's what we do.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean, it's hoodies. It's gifts. It's no like gifts,
1: though. Like, senti- more sentimental things. Photos. You know, I always I always find it interesting how many people might hold on to photos of an ex. And I go, why? You know, if they're in a now in a like fast forward to now where they're in a serious relationship, is there something going on there? Like, why would you need to hold on to those photos unless they happen to be in a family photo at a wedding or something like that, where you're not going to destroy a bad? It's just that's history.
2: You're very much a leave the past in the past person. You also are very uh, pro cut the cord. If you break up with somebody, there's no need to have that person in your life anymore. Yeah. Okay. With that in mind, what do you think of hanging on to love letters from an ex?
1: Yeah, I I I don't know why you I why you would. Photos? I don't know why you would. No.
2: Not even on your phone. You should go through your phone and wipe those photos after you break up with somebody?
1: Um, I I don't I'm not saying you have to do it instantly, but if you've moved on, if you've moved on, why do you have them? that's how I feel about it it's not like oh easily we broke up I'm gonna look for a different relationship I'm saying if you've moved on with someone else why are you holding on to photos of your ex why are you holding on to love letters maybe you really do think it's a funny memory or something like that and you might open it down the road and your current significant other truly doesn't care maybe they have some of their own okay I just don't know wh- again I don't know why you would unless something else is going on
2: what about jewelry what if you gave them a nice uh, set of earrings one year for Valentine's Day?
1: Yeah, I mean, jewelry is a little bit different. It, it's like jewelry. For, it's not maybe not as personal in that way. If they just happen to give you a, a necklace that you like and it doesn't like have your initials on it like together, right? Or, or some form of personalized touch about that relationship. Yeah. Okay. If it's just like a really nice set of earrings, like, yeah, you don't have to get rid of the nice set of earrings. That's fine. It's a gift.
2: Who do you think is more likely to hang on to those sentimental things from past relationships, women or men? Men. Far more likely. Mm -hmm. 68% of men are currently hanging on to something sentimental from a past relationship. Mm -hmm. 68%. Okay, so with that in mind, if a girl gets into a relationship with a guy, maybe, maybe not, they might have that conversation about your past. Can the girl ask, hey, you still hanging on to stuff from your ex? You know, before I go too far down this road, I want to find out if you're a if you're a clinger, if you're still pining for an ex. Do you still have any pictures of them? Do you have their love letters? Do you have the gifts they gave you?
1: I mean, there's ways to find. Yeah, sure. If if that's a deal, I don't know why you would like blunt and just ask like that, like so bluntly. But if there's reason for it, if you happen to be having a conversation about it and that matters to you to find out if they do or not, I think it's fine to ask. Again, it, like in context, as long as you're talking about it, not randomly on like a third date. Like, do you have stuff of your exes? That's creepy. But if you happen to be in a good, strong relationship, maybe you're even moving in together. Like, am I going to find some shit? Am I going to find some shit in our boxes of stuff? Tell me what you got. Anything weird? Any photos I should know about? Yeah, you could bring that up.
2: Uh, careful which box you want to open, though, because once you open that box with him, he can open it with you. And you could better make sure that you've checked all the boxes <laughs> yourself. Are you hanging on to anything? Mm -hmm. Nothing at all? Mm -hmm. Only memories? That's it? Yeah, you can have that conversation. I just don't know if it's healthy to have it. I mean, I think everybody should just agree. Hey, I'm in a good spot right now. Don't want anything else. So I'm going to get rid of the old stuff from the past. That would probably make sense, wouldn't it? And
1: do what you got to do. Maybe you get together with some good friends that happen to know about that relationship. Maybe you have a circle of friends that was with you at the time you broke up with that person or they broke up with you. Get together, make a little ritual of it, throw shit in the fire, but be done with it. You need to be done with it.
2: One of the things that I am fascinated by, and it comes up fairly regularly on our FM radio show is we ask you to tell us about the time you screwed up at work. How big a screw up was it? What did you do? What did it cost the company? I love these stories. And the answers are always amazing. This is kind of like that. Sorry, I punched the microphone here. I got (laughs) to reposition in this studio. A Catholic priest has been forced to resign from an Arizona church after the Vatican ruled he botched thousands of baptisms over his 25-year career by incorrectly phrasing the sacrament. For 25 years... He hasn't been saying it the way it was supposed to be said. And now they've ruled
1: that all of the baptisms he did for a quarter century don't count. How bad did he botch it? Like, really, truly screwed up the words? Like, we're not just talking about one itty bitty word that was off.
2: It's a real minor thing. So Is it? it's Father Andreas Aranjo. He has now left his post at St. Gregory Catholic Church in Phoenix after revealing. He used an incorrect formula that invalidated the baptisms. He previously worked in churches in Brazil and San Diego. Rather than saying, I baptize you, which invokes the power of God as required by the congregation for the doctrine of the faith. He was saying, we baptize you, which refers to the community. That apparently changes everything. They have been baptized in the sense that we got their hair wet, but God himself didn't give the actual blessing because the priest got the line wrong. So
1: That's ridiculous.
2: He's now going to work full-time offering spiritual guidance to people. (laughs) Spiritual guidance to people. Catholics were ruled giving spiritual guidance to the people that were ruled invalid and then they will be able to get baptized again. Using the wrong phrasing nullified all the baptisms since 1995 through June 2021. I mean, that's great that you're going to counsel them through and get them set for their baptism, but imagine being a 30-something now, finding out that guy who baptized you all those years ago said it wrong, and you got to go and do it again. I
1: I thought that that's the reason for the paperwork, though. (laughs) I'm like, okay, so I I was baptized as a baby. I did have a baptism for, for both of my girls. And I, if that was me, if I got that phone call. If I got a phone call, I was like, hey, so priest done fucked up. It's Father Aranjo here. <laughs> and funny story. Yeah, he really, you really shit the bed on this one. So we're gonna we're gonna do a little and I'd say nope. I'm good. You know what? Fuck it. I don't care. I'm not going back and doing it again. It's not happening. It's not happening. I know there are people who completely disagree. That's important to them. And the the. But if it was so important to you, maybe you'd notice that. Can I just say, if it was so important to you, where your whole life's thrown, because you thought you were baptized and you're not, okay? Uh-huh. Would you have not noticed the wording? Because I feel like those who really know would have known and been like, something's off here. You said we, not I. Something's going on.
2: I usually notice stuff like that. I wouldn't have noticed that if he said we baptize It's mine because it's
1: so minor. It's so ridiculous to me that they have to be like, no, they're unbaptized. You know what? If you're fucking mine, if you're baptized, be baptized and Jesus will understand. It's just, it's so silly to me.
2: Is it a good idea if you're a guy to go out on a date with a pregnant woman?
1: Is it a good idea? I mean, that's a loaded question. I know you—you really, if you know about it and you're okay with it, and both parties, obviously, are the woman's going to know. Yeah, then fine, sure, to each their own. Really.
2: I mean, I know a lot of guys that have dated women that already have kids. I've never known anybody who dated someone who was pregnant with someone else's kid.
1: And there's a difference between dating and just needing to get laid. Like, I mean, if it was a pregnant person that obviously dad is, obviously I'm assuming here that the dad is not in the equation. So maybe it's just like, hey, you know what? I need a fucking hookup. I need a hookup. I need it now. I'm six months pregnant. Are you into that? You cool with that? Great, let's go. But sincerely dating and looking for a person while you're pregnant, that's a lot, man. Babies are a lot. That's all I'm thinking. It's like when you're about to be a single parent, again, I'm going on that assumption, and you want to enter a relationship into the mix, a new one? That's a lot on your plate. Hope you're hungry.
2: Alyssa is 20 years old, and Max is 25 years old. They matched on Tinder. She told him right away... She's pregnant. She says, I was about six and a half months pregnant when I went on Tinder and I clearly stated it in my bio. I didn't want to lead anyone on. So I was being open and honest. Good. I wanted them to know what they were getting into right off the bat. Now, as for Max here, he says, there was something that caught my eye about Alyssa. Normally, I wouldn't swipe right on a pregnant girl, but there was just something about her. They hit it off. They went on a date. Then another date. Then another date. Mm. Three dates so far. Wow. Now, Alyssa travels a lot for work, and they had agreed that for her, or their fourth date, he would pick her up at the airport and take her out. All right. Happy, happy, fun, fun. She had to cancel at the last minute because she went into labor. Her water broke on the plane, cabbed it right to the hospital as soon as she landed. Okay, everything is fine. She's at the hospital. And she called him and said, hey, listen, I'm not ghosting you. I'm just, I'm in labor. He came right to the hospital. She had a very complicated labor. It was on again, off again, on again, off again. All in, she was in the hospital for almost a week.
1: So they were trying to keep baby baking is what that means.
2: Basically, they wanted to keep that bun in the oven. Gotcha. So he stayed with her the entire time. He called in to work, took some time off. Wow. And he was there every day that she was in, sometimes several times a day, to help her through her prolonged contractions and to help her with care for her newborn baby, which she named Ollie. They're still together today, and he says he considers Ollie his own child.
1: Adorable. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The fact that she found someone that, I mean, obviously you find someone willing to date or consider you as a long-term partner while you're pregnant with someone else's baby you don't really know the backstory right away I'm assuming you get to know that in the first couple of dates I hope I'm sure since she seemed to be a pretty open book she probably laid it all out like here's the deal here's the dad this is what's happening and he was willing to accept this and continue to date her and then took it a step further by being there for her I mean hey that's a score for her that she found someone who's willing to do all of that and and help her out that's that's cool. Very rare, by the way. Very, very, very rare that all of these stars would align like this.
2: That happened. They started dating back in September 2021. Now, obviously, it's February 2022. What do we have here? Five months, six months, something like that. Five months ago, he didn't even know her. Now he has a family. It doesn't usually <laughs> go down like that. Ah,
1: there's some people that love that thought, that are open to it, that are single, that go, hey, if that happened to me, yes, let's do this.
2: Do we have time for a quick thread from Reddit? Yeah. I love these. What do girls never tell guys? We all know a woman's heart is a chest full of secrets. (laughs) There's certain things that women do that they don't tell guys about very often. And maybe that's for the best. Maybe it's not. Maybe guys should know about what's going on with a woman. But these are things that women have decided we don't talk to guys about
1: it. Interesting thread. Okay, what's on there?
2: Our favorite bra doesn't get washed nearly as much as the other bras.
1: Okay. Yeah.
2: I've never looked at the bra and thought, I wonder when the last time she washed that was. Well,
1: the hand washing is key, right? With the good bras, especially like maybe you got your cheapy bras or your sports bras you throw on whatever now and again. But those good bras, I mean, you're supposed to, you're supposed to hand wash them and then you got to let them dry. And it's a process. So in order to do that, that means you're going without your good bra, your favorite bra, maybe for a couple of days. So for some people that takes a lot of time and it means that maybe it gets done less than they want it to get done. That's all I can guess from that.
2: I would think that if you're the one wearing the bra, you're the one who should be concerned about how clean or dirty it is, not the other person. I mean, that's for you, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Unless you got a sniffer in the house.
2: (laughs) Wait a second. Let me smell your bra. <laughs> a sniffer in the house.
0: Fuck.
1: You know the sniffers.
2: These are the things that girls never tell guys about. This person says, we remove hair a lot more than just our legs, bikini line, and armpits. Where else is the hair? Oh, are we talking, what, eyebrows?
1: Well, I mean, and most people know that, though. Upper That's li- a, The up- thing with that, I think it's a baloney because I think that most people do know that. I mean, what do you think you hear? You hear advertising all the time for laser hair removal. Do you think it's just for those spots? You know, and there are some people that may... Yeah, absolutely. Eyebrows is a very popular one. Arms are another one that some people might remove hair on.
2: But do they shave it or do they go and get it laser removed? Like could if you don't anything. get the laser, do are there actually women that shave their arms?
1: Yes, I'm sure there are. Really? You could shave... Uh, there are people... There are men that shave their arms.
2: Sure, absolutely, yeah. I trim every now and again. See? Remember when we used to do those manscaped commercials? <laughs> I
1: remember that. You got a kit. You got a whole
2: kit. I did. It was great. Nah, I still manscaped have that should thing. come back
1: to the podcast.
2: They're great. Let's go, manscaped. There's a marketing opportunity here for you. Uh, upper lip. I yeah. imagine that's not one that women would talk about with a guy, but they actually do it.
1: There's some people that have to do full fledged like chins and things. Oh, really? Yeah, and certain ethnicities, you end up getting more hair than you maybe you please, so you go f- get that removed.
2: Things that women don't talk to guys about. When you drive really fast, I do not think that's cool.
1: Yeah, see, I have no problem saying that out loud.
2: I wouldn't have a problem saying that either. You're
1: fucking, can you slow down? Don't be a loser. Mm -hmm. I remember, I remember, just side note on that, not a date, but someone that we used to work with. I remember that I had to be in the car with them. We were going to uh, a client of his and he had a really nice car. And so I get in the passenger seat. And he floored it down Dundas, like just floored it, like. And I'm like, "Could you stop?" He's, "Oh, you don't like bad boys, huh?" No, I just don't like people who drive like pricks. Mm. I just said it. I'm like, I have no problem with it, and I think if I was in a new relationship with someone, I would have no problem saying it either. Don't drive like a fucking prick. You could probably guess who it is, but we won't talk about that. Continue.
2: There was a few pricks that that could have yeah. been. <laughs> a few of them. I love them all in different ways, but
1: absolutely. There were some pricks. <laughs>
2: We know when you're driving
1: like one, by the way, not one, actually.
2: Exactly. We know when you're staring. Yeah, you girls have some sort of a weird peripheral vision, Yeah, we do.
1: Yeah, we got great peripherals.
2: You could be looking in the opposite direction and you can still tell if I'm looking at you.
1: Yeah, women are multitaskers too. We can figure it out. We can check our peripherals while we're thinking about what we're going to put on the grocery list while we're thinking about dinner at the same point that we're trying to figure out the the rest of our day. There's a million things we could do. Peripherals are nothing.
2: This is a long list, but I'm going to do one more. We'll never tell you how badly we think you guys dress. Aww. Oh shit. Is it just my day-to-day stuff, or is it like when I get dressed up? Is it my business casual go-to's? What is it that you don't like about how I dress? Is it the fact that I'm wearing brown boots with light blue jeans
1: today? <laughs> you know what's funny about that? Because I'm feeling very 80s today. It's, what's funny to me about that is there is a stereotype for some, in, in heterosexual relationships where women like to change the way that men dress. You hear about this, too, Mm -hmm. where like slowly but surely they will occupy your wardrobe for you, buy you shirts, buy you pants, buy you shoes that they think will look much better on you. So it actually surprises me that this person in this thread claims that women don't say anything about it, because I think that that probably happens more often than not. Well.
2: You know, I don't want to talk at a turn here, but there's certain things guys don't tell girls and sometimes those things are, we don't like the way you dress either. Sure. In a lot of cases, well, sorry, I shouldn't say a lot of cases, but there are definitely examples of where I've thought, hmm, really? That? Really? Oh, okay. All right. And I don't say anything. So I certainly understand where the ladies are coming from here, but that one definitely goes both ways.
1: Absolutely. I think it really does. I think it does go both ways. I think too, to add to that. Let's say you're in a long relationship with that person for a long time. What tends to happen in wardrobes, and I think for I'm just going to speak for men, is they start to get that not giving it as much of a fuck and going to wholesale retailers for a pack of five shirts that are all the fucking same. Right. So I think in that case, they're not going to, you're not going to say anything as long as it's a clean shirt, right? But maybe you're like, yeah, well, it'd be nice if you got yourself a nice shirt every now and again. Mm-hmm. Right? Is there something to that?
2: Sure. And it also goes to where you've got to take them. Hey, if I'm bringing you to a particular function and it's it's formal, like I would wear either tux, a three piece suit or or I'm going tuxedo for this and you show up in, a, a I don't know, a cocktail dress. Or right, right, right. Whatever. It, it doesn't fit that particular theme, right. You should go with more of a, a gown. Uh, then, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say anything unless it's really bad, but
1: it doesn't necessarily mean I like the way you dress. How many people dress their spouse? There's, I'd be curious oh, to see those numbers because you know that happens.
2: So true story. I didn't think that that was a thing. I thought that that would have been a myth. But I was talking to my hairstylist about that. And, and she was telling me about the number of women that bring their husband in for a haircut so they can make sure that his hair gets cut properly. She said it's very helicopter wifeish.
1: I couldn't you see that? I could see people like laying, laying out clothes. So how you could easily translate that too to okay, now that we have your hair the way we the way I like it. Here's what you're going to wear tomorrow. Just like it's a fucking toddler. Like learning how to dress for the first time. Here's your pants. Here's your shirt.
2: I get that when you were little and had your graduations (laughs) and baptisms, you used to wear black shoes. But now in 2022, people wear brown shoes with a black suit. So here's what you're going to do. And no socks. And if you try and change it. You're going to hear about it Can forever. I just say that,
1: but some people that are hearing this, just to add another layer to it, some people are hearing this are like, icked out, like that's fucked up. Yeah. Other people that are hearing are like, cool. Lay out my clothes for me. That's awesome. Thanks. Why don't you make, and you know what? Have my breakfast ready. That's fine. They they love it. Some people love being controlled just to get super deep on it. But I you head tilt. But do you not know people who, who you think low key like being controlled in a relationship? Because sometimes there's someone who cracks a whip. And then you feel bad for that other person. Like, holy shit. Did you hear the way that they talked about their significant other? Did you hear the way they, you know, nitpicked about this and that? And they, you feel bad. But then at the same time, you're like, I think the other person actually kind of likes being mothered, controlled, hmm. kind of likes it. Does it ever work the Sometimes. other way
2: around? Like with a guy being controlling over a woman?
1: Yeah, I mean. I, I would
2: think far less.
1: Uh, far less. But it, ha- of course it happens. Of course it happens, but that has a much more negative connotation to it, doesn't it? It certainly does. That's why
2: I was wondering, it was almost cringy.
1: Automatically, your mind goes to domestic, right? Like this is a really, really scary scenario if a man dominates, but there's a lot of women who do that, who can mind manipulate in a relationship.
2: Is that the guy wanting that and just letting it happen? Or is that the girl that wants that and the guy just, it's not worth the fight? You want to lay on my clothes? Go ahead and lay on my clothes. Could
1: be either, but I, I truly believe some people like it. That actually, well, maybe they'll even complain about it and joke about it with their friends, but kind of like it. And then there's going to be people who low-key w- try not their best to put on a smiling face, but fucking hate it.
2: I prefer, and I would think most do, a very collaborative approach. If I have to go somewhere with my girlfriend and she gets invited to functions fairly regularly, I'll always ask, in the same way that I always ask you, if you and I have to go mm-hmm. out, where are we going? Who's going to be there? What's the dress? Yeah. Okay, great. So then I'll decide, you know what? I'm going to wear my blue suit and I'm going to wear my pink tie, brown Mm -hmm. shoes, brown belt. That's what I'm going to do. Is that going to work for you? Because I want that sign off because I don't want to be in that situation where we get there and I'm in a suit and everybody else is in sweatpants and hoodies (laughs) right? or something like that. And you can avoid that with a little bit of communication. So I think it's important to get that sign off. You and I have actually coordinated outfits before. Sure we have. Hey, I'm going to wear... red tie today you wear your red dress well maybe that's a bad example i would never tell you what to wear but we can come up with yes, ideas yeah, you know yeah. no, I mean?
1: you never do but yes and,
2: and yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of room for collaboration in there so yeah. little communication goes so far especially when you want to protect not just your relationship but your partner's reputation they don't want to be the asshole who showed up at this function with the guy who wore jeans when everybody else is in right, a suit. Right,
1: right, They just don't want to do that. Respect yourself too, you know? Come Please. on. Please. You got a mirror in your house? You
2: look in that before you leave. <laughs> if you don't match them, maybe you should recircle back on what you're wearing. There's a good one. And on that, we will say thank you, everybody. This was fun. Happy sad day.
1: Oh, <laughs> well, womp, womp womp
2: Okay, just quickly before we go. It seems like zero people give a shit about the Olympics right now.
1: Oh, nobody cares. Like,
2: I almost didn't even put it in the news
0: this I morning I it about was on. It.
1: I <laughs> forgot about it until I walked into our, bro- our brother's station over there. He was watching it. Daryl, our buddy Daryl, was watching I was like, oh, fuck. I for- is that still happening? <laughs> I
0: was like, is so
2: that-,
1: like, that over? He's like, no, no, we're up for another medal. I'm like, what are we even at? I used to keep track of the medal counts and post them like every day in the Olympics. I haven't done it one time. I don't give a shit.
2: Trudeau's doing that now, because
1: he's got nothing else to do with (laughs) his time. He he does have other things to do with his time, but he's just not doing it. Fuck
2: it, I'll tweet about the Olympics. (laughs) Mono Bob, is that one word or two? (laughs) Have a great day, guys. Enjoy this sunshine. It was Super Bowl Sunday, also known as um,
3: AKA Cryptocurrency Awareness Day. It's
2: um, all crypto now. Even the halftime show Bloods versus the cryptos. It was, you know, the halftime show was great. Dr. Dre, 50 Cent, Eminem, Kendrick Lamar, Anderson Pack, and it was supposed to be Mary J. Blige, but Snoop Dogg smoked all the Js, so it was just Mary Blige. The After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your
0: home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy